This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Laravel News Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Frew. Eric Barnes, our normal co-host, is out this week. So I'm taking the reins and hopefully it's not too horrible to listen to my voice for however long it's going to take us. We have a ton of news today, so uh, it's, it's a jam-packed episode. So uh, to start off the week, uh, probably one of the big news things, I think, just uh, in terms of the Laravel community, is that Eric shipped his 100th Laravel news newsletter. Like technically by this time, I think he's done 101, but uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. So I thought that was pretty cool. Spark is out and we talked to one of the early adopters. Mike Bronner is going to join us later in the show to talk about... Uh, his use of Spark, he was one of the first tweets that I saw that said that he had actually put it into production, you know, the final version and everything. So that's pretty cool. There are uh, a bunch of book updates to cover, like a bunch of the Laravel books uh, are either were just updated or maybe they were updated a little while ago and I'm just getting around to them or whatever. But uh, lots of good book choices, all that are updated to like 5.2 now. So, I mean, there's there's lots of ways to learn. That's pretty cool. There's some controversy over Vue.js. This last couple of weeks, we'll talk about that. We've got a new RFC for PHP that we can talk about. There's a bunch of new tutorials. There's one on putting out faker data, but for localized data. So that's kind of neat. Uh, one on tweet streaming for Twitter. One on using Spark Post for transactional emails. That's no relation to Spark, by the way. Uh, at least not the Laravel Spark. One on running tests inside your deploy script. There's a new free series on Laracast on learning ECMAScript 6, which is, of course, JavaScript. There's a tutorial on conditionally adding instructions to Laravel's query builder. Kind of cool. We've also got a bunch of packages to cover this week. We are going to talk about Beauty Mail, the Laravel generator package, Laravel friendships, UUID generator package from 2012 that finally got blogged about, and the Laravel newsletter package uh, that got an update. All right, so to start things off, let's talk about Spark. Uh, Spark came out the day of our last episode, the, the 19th, I think it was, of April, and it's been out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and we've got an interview with Mike Bronner to talk about it. So, Mike, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good, good. I am calling in from vacation right now, visiting Arizona. It's nice and cool here. So, Mike, uh, I'm glad to have you on the show because, as, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about Spark and we had Taylor on the show and that was pretty cool. And I was looking through Twitter a little bit and I think you might be the first documented case of a person who actually uh, got something built with Spark. So I thought you could maybe tell us about your experiences. Yeah, I guess that's the case. Uh, I saw that, too, and I'm like, I guess so. Nobody else put their hand up. Um it's actually quite funny. I had we talked about the same app last time I was on. It uh, Laravel.xyz, and so back then I already was using Spark on the 0.2 beta version. Mm -hmm. And so when the Spark 1.0 came out, it was very little work to upgrade. Um, basically, what I did was I uh, spun up a new Spark install using his installer, and then dropped in my code and made any database migrations I had to, and that was oh, it. Oh, cool. So really not not uh, very hard to do at all. No, it wasn't. Um, it was his... The new view structure is slightly different, so I had to wrap my head around that a little bit, and uh, because I, I have some custom components that I needed to kind of splice in into his components, and uh, once I got that figured out, it was pretty simple. 
How much would you say that your experience with the, you know, the early version of Spark helped you in terms of getting this up to speed quickly? Was that was that critical or do you think somebody brand new would have been up to speed just as quickly? I think the most important thing here is to understand how Vue works. Working with the previous beta helped a little bit to kind of get an idea of where things were, but it all changed again. So uh, things were in slightly different spots and arranged differently. If you know how Vue works, then you'll be fine. Okay. And, and so uh, the the best primer is to go through uh, Jeffrey Way's Vue lessons. Okay. Awesome. Mike, what was your biggest challenge with using Spark? Did, did it go okay for you? And if, if it went okay for you, have you noticed like other people on the Slack channel, for example, that have had issues and anything that you maybe could share that would help people? So one thing that I, looking at Spark, I always had in mind was extending it with your custom components and, you know, t- t- to customize your app how you want it. And figuring out how to do that in Spark wasn't necessarily straightforward. There's some documentation now on that. Um, I think uh, Taylor is continuously updating the documentation. That's great. There are different ways of working with view components. So I noticed that Taylor likes to use inline templates and I work with uh, the view templates, you know, with Viewify. And so they're all, they're basically encapsulated into a single file. And what I did was basically register my component that I developed outside of view or outside of Spark registered it globally in the view instance and then called it with my custom tag. You know, how when you register a component, you define what you want to call it. And then that worked. Uh, it worked nicely because I didn't depend on anything in Spark. I didn't have to call the Spark mm. user or anything like that. Okay. Uh, so I kind of just inserted my stuff in there and I had my own controller uh, to do updates to. So I didn't depend on anything on Spark in that. What I have seen, though, and, and this interests me too, is there is a Spark swap function where you can swap out behavior and classes, I believe, on the back end. Oh, huh, okay. And where you can define your own replacements for those. Sounds kind of Ruby-like. It might be. I haven't done anything in Ruby, so. I think I saw a, <laughs> a, I saw a talk from DHH once, and that was one of the things he had talked about, was that Ruby has this ability to replace basically any function with a function that you Defined, Interesting. You know? So it's kind of like overriding, but not. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to extend the class. You just put in, you, yeah, you swap it out. Yeah, I so don't know how be, Ruby is, but that's what it's, from what you're saying, that's how it is in Vue, right? Interesting. Yeah, so that's what Spark does, uh, or seems to do. I haven't played with it yet, and what I'm looking forward to is working on little components or even packages that you can distribute and drop in, and then all the person has to do is compose a require with my package, and it will upgrade Spark and add a new component to it on the fly, which would be really cool. Cool. Hey, let's let's switch gears for a second and talk about the business end of things. So you put in Spark, which obviously I, I would assume you put in so that you can charge money. Have you uh, have you actually started charging for it yet? So I started charging for it with the beta version of Spark. Okay. So back then it was it still is the same price. It's like uh, you know, uh, for a beer a month I'll. You can subscribe to my notifications or Laravel's okay. notifications, and um, it'll notify you whenever one of the repos gets updated. You can get SMS notifications, Apple notifications, uh, the desktop notifications, and email notifications. And uh, so, yeah, uh, the f- what is nice about the new version is that the what the beta didn't have was the metrics panel where you can sure. you know see who subscribed, what's going on, who's on what plan. Yeah, and also of course the um, impersonation function that 
Taylor talked about last time. That was pretty neat, I thought. That is really cool. And I have a couple of clients that are waiting for that and to get their to get Spark into their app because they need to impersonate when troubleshooting quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely come in handy for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, uh, for an app that I'm writing, I ran into something like that where something that I had tested um, myself, you know, not, not using unit tests, I probably should, but just something I tested myself worked just fine. And then I got an email from a user that were like, yeah, I, I got this error message. And, you know, I looked in the controller and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what that error message is. I don't know why you got it and I didn't, but, you know, it would have been helpful to be able to test as him instead right. of as me, right? Because uh, I obviously have different permissions in the system than he does. Right. So I, I trigger differently, right? Um, so, yeah, that's a cool feature. I think that's going to be pretty neat. Exactly, yeah. So um, outside of Spark, anything you're excited about in the Laravel world these days? I mean, I know everything's yeah. been all Spark, Spark, Spark. So you know, <laughs> if I can put a little plug here, it's not a nothing that I'm leading. Sean Mazies has organized a little group of us called LaraChat Live. Okay. And on a weekly basis, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time, I think, huh. we, we host a half hour to one hour long uh, roundtable. We're not experts. We don't claim to be, but we just, you know, talk about what's going on in the PHP and Laravel world. And so we do that. It's on YouTube and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. So we're, we always have some good topics going on. I really enjoy that. Is it, um, so is it like using Google Hangouts? Is that kind of what you do? Exactly. Yeah. So we okay. have like four or five people. We'll take guests, you know, and uh, uh, talk about things that are going on, have them present what they're working on. And, and it's Lyra Chat Live? Exactly. Where yeah. would uh, where would I go to find more information about that? Um, on Twitter, you can go. I think it's at LaraChatLive. Yeah, at LaraChatLive. And then, of course, in the LaraChat channel in Slack. So there's a LaraChat channel in a chat program. <laughs> exactly. On the front porch in, uh, in Slack. Um, this is starting to feel a little bit like that movie Inception right now. It's all, yeah, meta. Everything's inside each other. <laughs> right, right. For those yeah. of you listening who don't know what Inception is, uh, if, I, if I've got the name right, it was that movie about the dreams where people would dream that they were in a dream while they were in a dream. So like through the whole movie, you never really understood whether it was reality or a dream or a dream within a dream or things like that. And then at the ending, I know the ending was quite controversial for a lot of folks because it, you know, the movie kind of ended and then you're kind of stuck to say, well, was the whole movie another layer of a dream right. or not, you know? what really happened right so uh it was pretty 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 neat movie so cool now when you guys are on this are you just kind of chatting like you and i are now except for it's just more open and public or are you like doing q a for people and helping them through problems or what what's the main focus at the end of the show we kind of have a q a for uh questions that people came up with uh, while watching okay um what we are doing is uh taking usually one or two topics a week uh discussing those and uh getting different viewpoints on those topics because every developer is slightly different. And so we just talk about it and, and see what comes out of it. We have, we're, we're, we're kind of structuring it now because we were winging it at the start. Didn't work necessarily so well. There were awkward silences and things like that. So it would have been good to edit those out. But um, yeah, and so now we're getting some more structure into it and uh, it's working out pretty cool, I think. Nice. Yeah. Now, do you guys record these and then are they available like as part of a, a like a, podcast subscription can i subscribe to them or we're working on that uh, right now we just record it and have it in our youtube channel okay and what we're going to be doing is uh, splitting out each topic into like five or ten minute segments that can be subscribed to okay cool yeah, that sounds really neat yeah. and how many people are kind of spearheading this up right now it's four of us sean 
Matt, Lance, myself, and Rizki. Okay. So, Mike, what else is uh, what else have you heard going on in uh, in terms of the the PHP world and the the Laravel world uh, in the last week or two? Uh, I found out Taylor tweeted last week, I think, that Forge is now provisioning on Ubuntu sixteen point oh four LTS. Okay. And that's a switch up from fourteen point oh four LTS. Uh, I have not tested it yet. I'm anxious to try it. Uh, I I think there are some performance improvements but largely i believe it's the same from what i've read there are some nice new features to it though awesome well hey i i I see somebody walking around behind you so i'm gonna guess that we're probably uh overstaying our welcome here uh i want to say thanks so much for coming on the show especially during vacation and for sharing your uh your experiences with spark i think that's gonna be really uh, useful for a lot of folks and uh, for people who have never heard of you before do you want just one more time say like who you are and where people can find out like what you're doing like twitter or website or anything like that yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Bronner, all one word. And that's spelled B-R-O-N-N-E-R? That's right. Okay. Yep. And as well as, so I do forlaravel.com. Okay. Uh, I do laraver.xyz. Uh, my home site, homepage is genialabs.com. And yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So the four Laravel site, is it F-O-R or F-O-U-R right, exactly. or F-O-R, the number four? Yeah. F-O-R. Okay, so fourlaravel.com. Yeah. And so, that's, that's kind of like my Laravel experience outlet. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Mike, as always, thanks for being on the show and uh, look forward to the next time we chat. Excellent. Well, thanks. Have a good one, Jack. Hey, you too. We'll see you. In other news this week. Evan Yu, the creator of Vue.js, which is a JavaScript framework that, as you know, is really popular within the Laravel uh, circles, uh, he announced version 2 and kind of laid down a roadmap of what was going to be in it, as well as some things that he was going to take out of it. Uh, Most notably, he was going to take out filters and inline templates, and that caused quite a stir within the community, including uh, Taylor Otwell, who wrote a little note kind of asking why is this being pulled out and what's the What's the benefit to us if you if you do? Because you know I just built this whole Spark thing and I used all these things extensively. So the good news is, based on the community feedback, as I understand it right now, Vue.js will go ahead and continue to include inline templates and filters, which means that it shouldn't be all that drastic to switch from one to two. So that's a great win for uh, for the community as well as for all the early adopters that are kind of making Vue.js uh, move up in terms of popularity and all that kind of stuff. The other cool thing is that they've talked about some performance improvements that they're saying are like two to four times faster for certain operations. So that's kind of something nice to look forward to. In other news, there is an RFC floating around the idea of a pipe operator in PHP. And uh, the best way to probably understand this is to go over to Laravel News or if you get the newsletter, just read it and take a look at what what the kind of diagram looks like. They're they're using kind of an interesting syntax, but the idea is to try to simplify functions that are embedded in functions that are embedded in functions and, and you know that kind of stuff so looked like a kind of a neat idea there are other languages i think that have similar constructs so that was pretty cool okay lots of book updates to talk about this week so uh let's see first book is the easy laravel 5 book this is the one by w jason gilmore if you remember that's the very first book that was available that covered laravel 5 uh, like really i think it was out on release day and uh he has updated this book now to cover version 5.2 of laravel I also want to say that he has a pretty nice website that kind of goes along with that book. There's a little bit of a, I guess you call it like a blog on the website or an updates or whatever. And he's got a lot of articles there about using Laravel to do different things. 
And some of that stuff's not even in the book, but it's all free. Like the website's free. So I've gone there, for example, when I needed to understand how to do like file uploads, he's got an article on that. And he's got an article there on doing like Excel downloads. Like if you need your data to be available as an Excel file to an end user, how do you do that? So good stuff there. Another book worth talking about this week, uh, Laravel 5.2 for Beginners from Bill Kecht has been updated. So I think it used to be just Laravel for Beginners, and he's got the version number in there. Uh, the subtitle of it is Building Laravel Boot, and it's a book that kind of talks about how to build like a reusable admin template. He's done a pretty good job. I like his uh, work. I've been reading through that one. I'm not finished with it yet, but I'm making my way through the book, and I, I like what I see so far. It's a, it looks like another another good title. Now, there's a, a big new title that was released this week, and if you've been kind of following the Laravel book scene, you might be wondering if Matt Stoffer's new book came out. It did not. Uh, I did talk to Matt, and he said that one is due in, like, August based on O'Reilly's publishing schedule. It's not Adam Wathen's new book, which is uh, looking to be pretty neat. He's been leaking little chapters here and there about it, so that's pretty cool. But it's actually a book from Dale Reese. I don't even know that I knew that he was working on this thing. Dale, if you remember from the old days, or, you know, I'm kind of new, so I'm just kind of going back in the history uh, of what I understand is he wrote this book for Laravel three that got widely successful and then updated it for Laravel four. And that did fantastic. And then when Laravel five came out, my understanding was that Dale was like really busy with his work and he really didn't have time to write a book. And and that's, you know, kind of how, how uh, Jason Gilmore got like the head start on the, the Laravel five books, but Dale's now had some time and he's updated his four O book and updated all the examples to work with Laravel five two and added some new stuff. And he's, He's actually committed, you know, publicly. He's like, I'm going to continue to update this thing, you know, week after week after week now. So uh, this new book is called Code Smart, and I want to say it's like thirty bucks. And if you happen to, if if you're lucky enough to hear this podcast pretty early, and you subscribe to the Laravel News newsletter, I want to tell you about a little nugget there. If you go find the newsletter and then find the section that talks about Dale's book and click on the link there, most of the time when you get the newsletter, the links take you back to the Laravel News website. That link will take you to the book's website with a special discount built into it, right? So I'm not going to spoil the surprise on how much the discount is, but I thought it was pretty good. So give that discount a try if you're interested in the book and enjoy. In other book-related news, I started a book this week called Working with Forge Servers. And the idea behind this book, first of all, it's free. You can get it on LeanPub. And I want it to be kind of a community effort. There are some things that I know. And there are some questions that I have that I don't know the answers to. And they're all kind of in the book right now. Some of the book, you'll see the questions and there won't be answers for. So if you look at it and you know the answer, send it on over to me and I'll include it. And I'll update you know, the, the credits at the end and put your name in there. And the idea really is just as a new user working with not only just Forge, but really Linux command line servers in general, there were lots of questions that I had that I didn't know the answer to. Like, for example, I have a Windows background and I have a Mac background and I know where to find everything on those two systems. But I didn't know where to find like the Nginx configuration files or where are the MySQL data files stored? And, you know, how do I restart Nginx and, and things like that? Just little simple stuff. Uh, I looked around. I never found a great resource that had all of this stuff kind of together in one place. And I thought, well, this would be a perfect project to do a little LeanPub book. LeanPub, if you're not familiar with it, makes it super easy to create these things. In fact, the source code for the book if you can call it source code, is out on GitHub. And if you wanted to, you could clone the repository and make changes and do a pull request. And I can pull it in that way. But really, that's not even necessary. If you if you know an answer to something in there and you can get it to me, I will update the book. And that's kind of the idea behind it, making an open source uh, community resource by the people, for the people. I know that something like this uh, would definitely have helped me out when I was new with Forge. And I'm hoping it'll help you out as well. So in other news, that covers, I think, our book-related stuff. 
Uh, let's talk about tutorials because there's quite a few of them this week. So uh, all of this stuff is going to be on LaravelNews.com, the, the links and stuff like that, but just kind of covering some stuff. Vincent Kleiber, if I'm saying his name right, which I might not be, has a tutorial on basically using Faker, but for localized data. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I can't say that I looked at it, but but it's out there. You should know about it. Daniel Abernathy, and I, I when I saw that name, I'm like, where do I know that name from? Is that from uh, Catch Me If You Can, a movie that has Tom Hanks in it, which is always, uh, there's like an inside joke at Userscape that if they don't know a movie, they ask if Tom Hanks is in it. Um, anyway, he's got one called Tweet Streaming, and it's on Scotch.io, and it's on processing tweets from Twitter's streaming API. Matt Stoffer has a tutorial on using SparkPost for transactional emails. Uh, I looked over that one briefly, and it, it looks like it actually has a nice history of Spark posts. They weren't always Spark posts, but they claim to have been around for a while. And he talks about where they came from and who some of their customers are. He's got a little screenshot in there and presents them as a potential alternative, for example, for the fiasco that MailChimp kind of had earlier in the year when they basically pulled out of the transactional email business and, and what have you. Max Pashenikov released a tutorial on doing integration tests in your deploy script. And I thought that was great, great advice. Uh, basically, if you've got a deploy script, why not have it kick off your test first? So you, that you know every time you deploy, you know, whether your code passed or failed and what have you. Uh, so that's another one. Up on Laracast, Jeffrey Way is starting a new series called ECMAScript 6. ECMAScript, of course, is JavaScript. Uh, so that's a new resource that you can go check out. And that one is absolutely free. You don't even have to be a subscriber. Although for $9 a month or $86 a year, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good investment in yourself, uh, even if you just do this as a hobby. And rounding out our tutorials this week, Mohammed Said, if I'm saying his name right, sorry about that, Mohammed. if I'm getting it wrong, it's S-A-I-D. Uh, Mohammed's been super active lately. I've been seeing a ton of great stuff from him. Uh, he's got a, a tutorial called Conditionally Adding Instructions to Laravel's Query Builder. And it covers a scenario where you might have in the past done like a bunch of if statements or like a, a select case kind of thing where you're, you're doing different queries depending on what the input criteria is, for example, right? And he shows how you can maybe build one single query that accommodates all of that stuff in a more elegant way. And I think that it's a pretty nice article. He's got great color coding on his, uh, his text and everything. So uh, that one is definitely worth checking out. Now switching over to new packages and code this week and really last week too, because the newsletters come out every week and we do the podcast every two weeks. So this is from uh, a week and a half back or whatever. There is a package called Beauty Mail. For Laravel 5, Beauty Mail makes it super easy to send beautiful, responsive HTML emails. It's made for things like welcome emails, password reminders, invoices, data exports. Uh, it basically, it looks like what you can do is pull in templates from, let's say, like MailChimp or Campaign Monitor, and then you can utilize those templates within your, uh, your Laravel code and use this Beauty Mail package to kind of utilize the template and, and, and that kind of thing. Just glancing over the GitHub project right now, he's got a couple examples out there. Looks like it could be pretty useful. Our next package this week is the Laravel Generator package by infyom.com. This one, again, it's in the newsletter. It, this looks like a pretty nice package and they've got a pretty nice website around it too. You know, some of these packages are just, you know, we find them on GitHub or people submit them and they, you know, they just use the GitHub readme. I'm looking at the companion website as I uh, talk about it here and I mean, they're like marketing it. They're marketing this as if it was a product that you pay for, but I think it was free. It basically is a 
a test case generator, an API generator, a scaffold slash, you know, CRUD generator. And it looks like it has the ability to either have you fill in what you want it to generate, which is of, you know, a, a little interest to me, not, not as much. But the other part is it looks like it'll pull from your database structure. And I really like the idea that I can kind of like, you know, because like use Laravel to do the basic like migration. And I understand this database stuff inside and out. So I, I, I know what that's going to look like. And then once I have that, to have a program go in and look at the structure of that and then build me a, a user interface for it, uh, that's a huge time saver. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying this one out uh, and giving some feedback of what it's actually like to, to work with it. But it, it looks pretty nice. I think this is going uh, to be really helpful for a lot of folks. Our next package this week is called the Laravel Friendships Package by Alex Kiriakidis. Anyway, this is, I, I looked at this package and it's kind of neat. It's, it basically handles any kind of social system where you would have a friendship relationship. And he has abstracted all this out into, I think there was like one table and some code and it, it looked pretty easy to use. So if you have a app that uses friendships, I think it's worth taking a look at. Next up on the packages, this is, uh, this was interesting. I saw this in Eric's newsletter. It's a UUID generator package that apparently was written back in 2012, but has never actually been blogged about. It's from Ben Ramsey. So Ben uh, apparently got around to uh, blogging about this. And I think if nothing else, it should make you feel good because we all have these projects that like we want to start and they kind of get put off to the side. I mean, it's 2016 right now. So that's a four year spread between writing this thing and blogging about it. Anyway, the UUID generator package basically generates UUIDs, which are those long kind of GUID strings. If you ever had experience with Windows and you had to type in like a serial number, those serial numbers look very similar to UUIDs. You know, it's a, it's, it's a bunch of numbers and a dash and some more numbers and letters and a dash, et cetera, et cetera. So pretty cool stuff. And last on our list of code and packages, uh, Spati, uh, the, the folks over from Belgium, we've had Freak on the show a couple times before, they released an update to their Laravel newsletter package. Now, as you know, Eric's got the Laravel News newsletter, and I think he's using, I don't, I don't remember the name of the service, but he's using some service to, to send all that stuff out. And Spatty's kind of released their own like open source kind of uh, newsletter manager system or whatever. So I think that the latest update to that addresses things like with the, the new MailChimp API uh, for those folks that are still using MailChimp uh, for, for their email and that kind of stuff. Well, folks, that kind of summarizes the news for uh, the last couple of weeks. I uh, look forward to talking to you with Eric again in a couple of weeks. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.